When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Powered by Righteous Media. Doesn't it seem like everybody and the mother has a podcast? Oh, oh, so I started a podcast with my mom. We wanted a theme song so you could sing along. The show, it starts now. Hello. Hi. Oh, what a lovely necklace you've got there. Oh, thank you. I thought you were going to say my painting. I was wondering if my painting is, pardon me, a little bit too busy, but it's for colorful. For <laughs> what? Yeah, too busy for what? It's good to see you. Yeah. What's I came into the casita, but you weren't here. That sounds <laughs> like a uh, country song. Yes. <laughs> it's like a, a new Republican country song. It's like a, a 10 car garage with seven F 150s. It doesn't rhyme. Oh, no, they don't have to. You know what else doesn't rhyme? I thought you were going to say nifties. I was listening to what I think is just one of the greatest songs of all time Dolly God Only Knows by the, the Beach Boys. Oh, I mean, it's just where I'd be without you. It's just the perfect song. And I was dissecting it. And, you know, I've listened to it a million times. And I'm learning, I've learned to play it and just sort of try to get inside the song. And the lyrics are, I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, which is a like just a crushing sort of opening lyric to a love song. Right. But it also rhymes you and you, which is essentially a cardinal no-no. Say it again. I may not always love you, but but as long as there are stars above you, I'll go on living. You'll never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. It's a perfect verse. However, they rhyme you and you and it and it. It's if you saw it on paper, you'd be like, this isn't a good enough rhyme, but it's just it's just flawless. So um there are no rules, I guess, is the point. The point also is it's not just the individual points of light or whatever. It's the whole shebang together, which is a whole different story always. Mm. Mm. Nice. <laughs> so last time you and I spoke, you were having trouble um, logging into HBO to watch, to watch Dune. Did you sort that out? We logged in successfully immediately on a TV in a place where we are that we've never opened or seen before. I presumed Hulu and HBO Max would not show up, and they did. Nice. And all got it on immediately. Oh, good. And then we took a break to uh, receive dinner or look for closed captionings. (laughs) 
And I won't tell you how much time passed between that and the next time we figured out how to get HBO Max back on or with the sound or whatever. Anyway, um, after dinner, we watched the we watched Dune. We completed awesome. it. We watched the whole thing. And I did order the fire stick. Um, I just and Joel said, when it gets here, how will you know where to put it in? I said, oh, I already took care of that. And he said, that's impressive. I said, yeah, I called Rick and I said, well, I know where to put it. Rick said, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> You're like our guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I came to visit and uh, which was great for our last show. You're we in person, obviously. And you only been in the home for a few weeks, your rental. And we spoke about the hot tub and you casually mentioned that it hadn't been working yet. And I was like, oh, no, 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 this this will not do. And I started troubleshooting it and then uh i was very very happy to have fixed it and yes we're in our friend karen's house um they're not here they're away and it's it's really nice and it's in the desert and it's interesting because it's it's less than 10 miles from a place that we um where we stayed last year during much of the pandemic and it's very different we have different books here and different ways of dealing with them. I mean, it's really very, it is what it is. And it's cool. It's neat. And we could see the stores now. Different you know, we still have, we have some lights out back. I don't know how to turn them off. But we did manage to see the stars and the moon. Well, and when he moved in, it was a full moon, which makes star, star visibility less. Anyway. Right. Right. So, um so it, it's delightful. And I managed to go out for a walk this morning before it got too hot. And if you wait, oh, wait. till the sun comes down, it gets too buggy. What? So that went well. Good. You have a small, careful window to do the things. Uh, speaking of the moon, the moon, Mercury in retrograde ended. And that day, my hard drive, as you know, I'm sharing with the audience, the hard drive that was potentially gone forever was in fact restored. And I'm, I'm looking at a backup of it now. I'm back, I'm back on track as of today with uh, the, this, the thousands of hours of music work that I had done that I thought might might be gone forever but it's not it was, uh, thank you it was it was perfectly aligned with mercury retrograde ending which is you know subscribe to that or not uh was a little bit too too on target to be ignored you know it's like oh now that's over you have this back oh, okay cool so it's a uh, it's um back i'm back in mode and it's um it's cool because i'm like focused on it like i was saying like i'm like move, making quicker bolder decisions and i think i'm one step away from sending it out to be mastered and, and then be ready to share it you know within a few weeks how long is that step how, depends, high, how, um, how high is that step to reach it depends on the turnaround time of the masterer that i choose uh and without mansplaining to our audience mastering is just the step of audio production that's the very last thing that takes a collection of songs and makes them sound like one one work so it takes you know eqs the bottom and top and carves things out and gets it ready to, to sound like the same thing otherwise you know if you listen track to track it would sound like different different things i think that what i heard was not what you intended or what you said what i what i heard what i thought you were saying was you have one more step to do before you send it to be mastered. I have and one I more was song. How high is that step? Because oh. of, when you got your work back, your hard drive recovered, you weren't sure things were different places and chopped up. And Yeah. 
so I've spent the last, um, I don't know. Four hours? I was going to say eight, but four is probably more palatable, more reasonable. Um, going through each song and making sure, I don't want to bore our audience, but like, <laughs> I'm doing it. I, I had to go into each one and sort of do some investigation, at, you know, file management. It's not, it's not the sexy part of music creation, but uh, it's going to serve well and it was important to get done. So, uh, so far so good. Nothing. I mean, there's one folder that says gone, but I've been, I've all but recreated it. So, so far. Oh, so that's good. great. Yeah. That's amazing. So, I know it's I slept. Was tough. We were all really upset and really oh, couldn't say anything because I didn't want to ever bring it up again. I was wasn't like, are you okay? Have you managed to that was Yeah, really it was a it was a tough one, but I've uh I did it um almost monastically, you know. I had to stay focused. I have a job, I have a life, a routine, we have a pandemic, all, all sorts of things that this project became the sort of focal point away from all those things. And that project was gone. So I had to manage myself in a way that I'm, I'm proud of, but it was absolutely exhausting. And then as soon as I got the hard drive back and made the backup and then opened the files and could like really truly confirm it was done um, that night, I slept better than I had in weeks. Um, yeah. still not a great sleep, but better. Um, Cause I think I've been buzzing in the background with this thing, you know, you know, I, I don't often say envy, but I think it, I think it belongs here. I kind of envy people who can hear what I heard you were going through mm. and be supportive and then go back to what they were doing and move on. It just keeps churning in me. Like it's terrible. I know he feels horrible and the being in the middle and not knowing if you're going to get to the close. And yeah. I mean, this, like it's they've been mentioning, like I feel it right here. So I, I kind of envy people that can be um, <laughs> in their own space enough that they can be empathetic, empathetic and, and supportive, but not internalize it because it's, huh. It's hard work, you know, worrying about everybody anyway. Well, I heard you say that and, and empathy is a word that came up for me. Like you're, you're not, it's not a sympathy. You're actually empathizing with my experience and, you know, we're connected and you know how much, you know how much this stuff means to me in a way that most others wouldn't. And so you're interested in the process and my well-being, and then there's a connection. And so I, I think you're describing empathy. I don't want you to, to feel that, that suffering from it, but I also here and I sort of respect that you're connected to it in more than a passing way. And it was interesting, um, you know, the selection of people that I shared this news with, uh, for the most part, all had some version of that, you know, of like not wanting to bring it up, but it being on their mind as well and tiptoeing with curiosity and then finding out about the resolve and they themselves feeling like not just happy for me, but I think relieved for them because they were also worried, you know, which is really I nice. Can, I can picture, I just got a flash mark going like during this time saying to you, so uh, how's everything? Good. Okay. So let me tell you about my day. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of what was going on. I was thinking of, of a few people, Mark in particular, when I just said what I said. So I, I he especially, cause uh, he's a musician, I, he's a, a friend. And musician and a dear friend um, and hates losing things more than anybody I've ever met in my life. So if he, really? yeah, if he misplaced. Does he have tiles? 
No, if he misplaces like a nail clipper, he won't be able to think about anything else until he finds it. You and bring so, up nail clippers. Why nail clippers? I don't know. So it, it turns out that during the pandemic season and I've been ordering things in rather than going shopping and I needed nail clippers. Do you know they don't make them with metal anymore? What do you mean? I mean, I've bought four different nail clippers and they don't really work. They look like they're metal, but they, they, they don't, they don't really function correctly. I don't know what to tell you. This episode is brought to you by metal nail clippers. (laughs) You're having trouble finding metal nail clippers. (laughs) You can cut that out. It's just one of these ludicrous things that in all the things that we're dealing with, it's like, Oh, you know, you couldn't just like be smooth. <laughs> oh no. Metal nail clippers. Wherever you find your nail clipping goods. <laughs> so I read something interesting online. Um, and I don't read a whole Internet? lot of online these days. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um and it's about a German forest ranger, and his name is Peter, I don't know how to pronounce it, Wallaben, or something like that. And he's being a forest ranger, he's, he communes and he's very close to the trees. And he talks about something which mm. apparently scientists, um, bio, bio trees, something scientists have known but somehow I, I might have missed this. Um, the forest is composed of social trees. They communicate with each other. Mm. They pre- and when you first hear it, it's like, is this a joke? Is this wacky? And then like, you know, I kind of think that seems right. They protect each other. Sometimes you'll see trees in a forest and, and there's a lot of shade because they've grown up so much and you see trees going separate ways. Mm. And you think, how come they're not all over? climbing each other they're moving so there are other trees near them can get light and do well oh get out of here yeah and he it 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 gets a little and they warn each other of danger they send electrical signals across what's called a fungal network and this is where you know it sounds silly but makes sense it's known as the wood wide web cute so a little cuteness that's fine um and yeah, then, I've known that fungus is the communication tool for the whole planet, really. It's all connected. Yeah. So I thought you might have something to add to that, but I just want to say one thing that that all sounds um, reasonable. We're all creatures of different kinds on the planet, and obviously they have a whole mm-hmm. ecosystem, social system, even whatever it is. And but it said that that trees feed the stumps that are left of felled trees, Mm -hmm. you know, trees can live for hundreds of years. Um, They feed them a sugar solution through their roots. Wow. They send, so it's unknown why they do that. I imagine because they're honoring their ancestors and I don't know. You're saying it's sending sugar to the stumps and now the now gone dead trees. Yes. To keep them in some way viable. Well, I suppose I'm just guessing, not knowing, which is always great talking about science. Um, and not knowing. Is, 
<laughs> that maybe because of that, those nutrients being served even to a dead stump, it's creating the, the sustaining the ecosystem that's living around and in on top of it, you know, bugs and plants that, that still use that stump as their habitat. Wow. That makes sense. And it, to me, it's a reminder that just like what goes on deep in the ocean or in outer space, closer, far, or in a neighborhood or another country or in a, a house near me, I don't know much of what goes on in the world. And it's, it, but, but it's a reminder that a lot goes on and yeah. it's helpful. It's helpful that the more people honor than not. So. I like that. Two empathy moments in a row. I appreciate it. It's a nice reminder. Oh, I think my time must be up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Wait, what are your thoughts on Dune? I'm curious. Let's go back. Cause I know you. Uh, I, know I was going to ask you first. So you probably know exactly what you're, Dune came out with um, Frank Herbert's Dune. No, I don't want to misquote on the show. I thought you, and I, I hesitate. I hesitate. 1965. Coming out back, 1965. So I don't think I read it in 65. I think I probably read it maybe 67 or 68. Okay maybe 70. No, that's wrong. Probably closer. I don't know. Closer to 70. When I watched the first episode of the series um, this week, I had the movie that came out. Wait a minute. The movie or the series? What's it? What? Tell me. I think you watched a two and a half hour movie called Dune, right? With uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yes, and I have a question. Wasn't there a movie before that called Doom? There was. In the 80s, David Lynch made one with uh, Kyle MacLachlan and Sting that was also based on the first book okay. in the series, okay. but this is a re reboot, reimagine, re just that doesn't count. So that. what we saw, the movie, is that there's a series coming out. Am I off base? Well, they, it, well the movie had part one listed, so at some point in the future, another part will come out but these will be years apart i thought for some reason you know i don't go online and look this stuff up it's whatever somebody tells me um it's just it's it's not a priority and i'll eventually hear what i should be watching i thought that it was a series a repetitive series so this isn't going to be interesting to really anybody except you and me talking my memory of the book Oh, this might be a spoiler, spoiler alert. My memory of the book is the first chapter, um, the young prince, the kid was in his bed sleeping, maybe reading under the covers. Again, I, it's, uh -huh. it's been like, I don't know, 50 years since I read this book. And the seeker comes after him. Uh-huh and he protects himself. I remember that being the, like the first page, the first chapter. I think it may have been. And okay, and I guess they reworked it because without any background, people might be left adrift. I think so. I kind of like the original. Uh-huh. And the, uh, pardon the lack of pronunciation skills, the Maddox, Shape, Shape, Maddox, the, the witch, the mother's, Oh, yeah. In the book, to me, 
she came across more deep thinking, more mother or the woman who came to test the woman who came to test. There was something about the test in the book. It was so horrifying and lasted so long. Well, I mean, obviously they rewrote it. They updated it. They can do that. But to me, it was like, that's not how I remember this book, but I haven't read it for a long time. I mean, because he did put his hand in that thing and it was painful and he couldn't flinch. So that was kind of. Yeah, but you expect to see like delivering baby painful. You don't expect to see like, I don't know what this one's feel like. Oh, I might lose. It's funny because my girlfriend did react dramatically to that scene as though it was too very, a very painful experience for the character. And I was like, I went, just imagine the the tense music isn't playing. It's just a guy with his hand in a box on set. I saw him doing very little acting and I'm not saying he's not interesting and adorable and a great actor. He is. I don't know. It, there were parts where there were highs and lows and they didn't get high enough or low enough. For, wow. For, I, I watched the movie and there were a few scenes that I felt loss and concern and excitement especially when I saw something, I'm not going to give any more details, especially when I saw something that I knew was coming. And I actually said to Joel, wait till you see what happens. This, we're oh, going to see this now. Everyone loves that while they're watching a movie. It's, that's people's well, favorite thing. He, he, he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he doesn't want to hear it, he just pass it by. It's not a problem. But I said, what we, what we were talking, it was not a problem. That's, that's a sideways comment. Um, comment and that's fine. My point is I remembered what was going to happen in the scene Mm. after not having seen this for a long time. That's how much impact it made on me. Now you're saying this was the movie and it got to a certain point in the book. Yes. Well, I, I, I'm not an expert, so I don't want to say like this chapter versus that book versus that the series. Um, I know that the book's were an important thing for you and my dad. They played a big part and you had an attachment to them. And I remember Dune being a book that you both impressed upon me as something that I should read. And one of the examples of like later in business or just yeah. human connection, like you never know like what somebody might be really into. And if you're like in a meeting or you meet somebody and you're like, you make, they make a Dune reference or Dune, I remember, you're in a meeting, maybe it's an interview and someone has Dune on their bookshelf, you'll be able to go toe to toe with them and, and they'll realize that you're like, the book was like a, served as like a foundational device of like uh, interpersonal communications. So that probably was more from your dad for me. Two things. One is I would think that I would have used Stranger in a Strange Land. Did, yeah. As a teaching tool. And then you said the foundation. Well, the foundation series is really where it's at. Well, Stranger in a Strange Land, I think, is my favorite, my favorite book of science fiction. No, fantasy. No, science fiction. Science fiction. I don't know. Science fiction, fantasy. Science fiction. What is Stranger in a Strange Land? Yeah. Science fiction. So poignantly from the main character's point of view that yeah. to feel and experience everything he was going through. I thought Dune was really well done as far as um, cinematography wise. The stuff that they built and created, the scenes, the oh, land, yeah. the buildings was spot on. 
Um, and, I, and I do have to say where there were a number of um, people slash warriors and one person was really presented intimately. So you felt the connection very well. So the person that passed through different, different things and different people and you recognize them and you, you already knew how he was going to react and, and, and his moral center. So those to me were highlights. Um, and some of, I, I have some favorites among the characters, but the whole movie, when I finished, I was like, okay, I can go to sleep now. Wow. I'm surprised. It didn't, it didn't, draw me in maybe maybe because um I, I maybe because i had was thinking more of what i remembered i don't know i can't okay. say there was anything i can't say it didn't do this or it wasn't good or where people won't love it i think people will enjoy it and i think if people don't know fantasy or science fiction which is hard to believe because people are game players now yeah uh, if there's a dune game i mean people seem to really know this classic stuff which is great um so what was your impression? What was my what? Your impression. How was you? How oh, I you loved react? it. I thought, um, yeah, I thought like every shot was very intentional. The, the sets, the scenes, the, the choreography, the fight, everything was very intentional. It wasn't like, and now they're going to fight for three minutes. But the point is at the end of that fight, this thing happens. Like every move made sense. Um, and I can't wait to watch it again. I haven't had a this positive of a movie experience in a very long time. It's great. And it's interesting you say that it was intentional. And when you just expressed that you'd see a part and it's not like they're doing this and that just to get to that. I actually said to Joel afterwards, to me, it looked very choreographed rather than fluid. I felt it was too. And it represented a military style. So you would expect it to be very specific and intentional. It was just the way it affected me. Interesting. Yeah, well, it's like these fiefdoms, really, but in like the very distant future. So it's a, there's still like basic military moves happening and, you know, political, there's like foundational political stuff from this society that still plays out in that society, but set really far into the future. I do love, the intentionality and the power and the importance of the women. And that was the way Herbert wrote the book. He, among the other science fiction writers of his time, and I'm no expert, and it's a lot of years ago, but he seemed very, and again, I'll use the word fluid, with the women and the men. I don't know that there was a hierarchy except that what's his name's mother was not married to the reference of her as a concubine. As a concubine. Very, it's the only piece that makes like little sense. It's almost like stuck in a different mode because her power and her lineage and the connection with the son, like it made very little, it, made, it doesn't make a lot of sense that she wouldn't be his wife. And he says in the movie, I should have married you, which I don't think was in the book. He said, I should have married you, which if someone's going to, in my view, if someone's going to be a concubine, it's up to them to figure out the role and the balance and what the prenup looks like and all that stuff. <laughs> but if it's treated as something of the day, of the moment, and the way things were, I mean, now 
now Broadway shows are rewriting parts mm -hmm. and dialogue and physicality on the stage to give the correct, higher, improved, better honor to people who were um, of slavery, enslaved people, and people who were different um, backgrounds, cultures from, from the viewpoint of the writer of the different shows, and it's great. But to see when he said, I should have, if he had never said, I should have married you, it would have been like, this is my plot. This is my reality. This is the world. And it's the piece. It's like watching advertisers in the 50s smoking cigarettes and drinking martinis at, at, at work in, in a movie. No one says it's, it's right, wrong, or should go on. It is, though, the, the truth of the time. Yeah. He said I should have married her. That took all that validity away. And I was like ashamed of him. Well, and I felt sorry for his son because as a person of a different era, to me, it's. I don't agree with the character needing to be that. Like, I think that could have been revisited in the 60s when he was writing it, but that is what it is in the book. I also think the idea that Paul the main character doesn't know where he comes from on his mother's side until very recently in this development. He doesn't? Well, they say you have two, um, I'll butcher the line, butcher the line, but it was like you have, you have two legacies or you've, you, you, only, you neglect one of your, one of your backgrounds or something. So that's the effect, the point of like where, what he's, what the child of his mother could become, AKA the one is something that like, he's just learning about now mostly through his dreams and we find out his father knows that his concubine is of these other people if they were in her power i don't think he knew the level of, it, of her power exactly if they were married he would he needed to have the story needed his arms she kept that herself separate from him because they weren't married that makes sense i'm not advocating for concubines i'm just saying from a and i'm not saying they all have to be married to be great partners right. i'm not saying i'm talking about in this specific instance of this yeah. two people um yeah i thought the yes <laughs> i know i love watching things through your eyes <laughs> It's and when I and when, I think I, we spoke right after you watched it for a few minutes before you dove in and you were like, you know, I watch it and there's a bunch of scenes happening and things happening and all this stuff going on. Remember what you said to me? But I can't uh, I can't see anything past. We I spoke can't. about it. You, you were referring to the actor, the main actor kind of catching your attention. Oh, what I said was his as an artist, his eyebrows and bone structure, that face was so gorgeous. What did I say? It overshadowed what was going on in the movie. It's like all you saw was him. And then wait, what's that sand down there? And what did I say? I forget how to say his name. I said, you've been Chalamade. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, yeah, I guess that's true. Chalamade. Well, even watching it was like Oscar Isaac and Timothy Chalamet. I was like, those are uh, two attractive gentlemen. <laughs> so it's, uh, they, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were oh, doing. But it did, that really, it, it didn't break the wall, but it, and did the camera always linger on him a little bit longer? Yeah. It's yeah. 
to make him blown up and look important. And um, I did like the I did like the pacing of how it moved when the the woman of his dreams, um, yeah, has says something. Yeah, she's great. That's Zendaya. She's great. Yeah. So I had, there were a lot of, of great heights, height, bright spots, but it, I, it just, it didn't, it didn't move me like it did. Yeah. I am uh, intrigued to hear that. I appreciate that. Oh, also, pardon me, the mother. Now I was watching it on a TV. We haven't looked at before because we've been here like three weeks and I don't think I've turned to TV once since then. And it seems like the sound's coming out the front, not the back. So that's good. Usually can hear it. I could hear everybody's words except the mother when she was talking follows her words and i thought she they did this on purpose because she's a witch and they wanted to be secret to the point that i want you to question what you heard but it continued even when they were on the aircraft we had to turn hear what she was saying it made me crazy we turned captions on during the closed captions during the scene when um paul's hand is in the machine to figure out if he's you know got the stuff and she's outside the door sort of mumbling whispering speaking to him also i had we had to rewind it and turn subtitles on the entire scene was different we just kept them on for the rest of the show but it's poor sound it's the acting it's the Which is crazy because i think this has the best sound design of any movie i've seen in, in years and will win all the awards i think i think it has the best sound design of of any movie i've seen in, in a long time so that might have had something to do with my feelings about the movie i was so frustrated maybe that, um, you know, and as a person that sometimes can't hear everything that I think I should, it was so frustrating. And, and I, I had a role model. It's like you roll your eyes when the computer just isn't doing what you want. The TV is yeah. not doing what, what, no matter what. So I think that had something to do with my enjoyment. But even on the aircraft, I could not understand what she was saying. <laughs> So I'm changing the subject for a minute. Last week, you and I spoke about your, your experience delivering Valentine's flowers and this guy who answered the door in his underwear and I ordered two separate deliveries to the same address only to later his, call and complain. What? His address. To the same, to his own address. And then called to complain. I've been thinking about this guy and his motivations all week. You know who he is? No, I don't know who he is, but I, I do happen to agree with all of your instincts, instincts about what he was up to and what and how crummy he is. The day that our episode, that episode came out and the whole crux was like, why would someone order two orders to the same address, his own address, but as two different orders? So later that night. Um, not sorry. Not why would he make them two different orders? That was. That was. Yeah. If we are to presume that he was trying to scam them, it would have to be two orders. But the idea of why someone would make two orders was the crux of like the person critiquing you for your. Yeah, that, that was at the end. Yeah. Uh, and so later that night, I realized it was uh, getting close to dinner time, and I hadn't made any moves. And so I ordered um, some pizza from my favorite uh, plant-based pizza joint called Double Zero in Venice, California. Not a sponsor, but if you're in if you're in LA and you haven't tried them, it's bonkers good and forgetting that it's plant-based they have the crust probably the closest to an east coast crust that i've had out here for a decade um speaking of which i've been here a decade at the end of this week wow no i know it's crazy 
So I order this pizza and then a girlfriend gets home 15 minutes later and says, I ordered from double zero. <laughs> and I said, I ordered from double zero, but totally straight face. And she said, are you kidding? I said, no. She said, you order from double zero? I said, yes. She said, I ordered from double zero. And I said, I heard. <laughs> and she said, are you messing with me? And I said, no, are you messing with me? And she said, no. She said, what did you order? And I told her what I ordered. I said, what did you order? She ordered the identical same thing plus one other thing. That is too funny. Her phone rings, a couple, beeps a couple minutes later, and she says, oh, um, I'll be here soon. And I said, how could yours be here before mine? I ordered before you. And she said, I, I chose the you know, priority thing. I said, I think I did too. And I pulled my phone up and I said, oh, I've, there's one order in front of me. Mine will be here in 10 minutes. She said, mine will be here in three minutes. I said, who's, who's delivering it? Said, uh, Nicholas. Said, That's who's delivering mine, quotes. And she said, are you serious? I said, yeah, the reason that I'm the second stop is because you must be the first stop. And she says, this guy's going to be so confused that one house ordered two different orders. And I said, did you hear the podcast today? And she said, no, what are you talking about? It was hours after the show came out. So I go outside to pick up, quote, her order, and I meet Nicholas, masked, safe distance, and I said, hi, thank you. I said, I think you might have a second order for us also in your car. It was a little mix-up, but, and he was like, wait, for Rick? And I said, yes. He goes, that makes so much more sense. Hold on. And he comes, <laughs> I didn't know. And he comes back. He was just make, I was worried that there was an, an error, and it was, you know, a whole thing. I said, no, it's a long story, but I really appreciate you bringing both. And he goes, the orders are exactly the same. I go, I know, it's a long story. I don't want to have to explain it either. And we come back inside and we have, I mean, just an absurd amount of pizza, just not even reasonable. Um, and it was like the second of three stories in 24 hours where there was one place with two orders. And there's something about just that, your story from the podcast that, that sort of set the scene for this to not be abnormal. It was like, oh yeah, this thing happens all the time. <laughs> I have three comments. One is missed opportunity. You should have had Nicholas on the show today. Oh, I should have answered the door naked is what I should have done. <laughs> and the second comment is, um, now I forgot. You distracted right. me. The second comment was, it's interesting to me because the story popped into my head. You know, you, you, you browse through, think about what you're going to do on the show or what you remember that was funny or... Who knows why? Right. It was an old story. And it wasn't right. like I read it. You know, I keep notes. I've got many notes. Like, maybe it'll be a book. Maybe I should just write it down. When I, I keep diaries of ideas and, and, and funnier whatever things. But I never, I haven't read them for a really long time. Why? And it's not Valentine's Day. Why did this come into my mind? I'm sure there was some sequence of event thoughts that led me to this, but it, it was, it was, it didn't make sense that day with anything that was happening in the world, I don't think. So it was just interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had the same experience in life. Later that day. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. It is. It also helped inform, um, is Joel with an earshot? No. It helped inform one of the birthday gifts that we figured out for Joel. I want to hear this. He'll hear the show? He'll listen to the sh show when it Are comes to sure? He listens to the show? 
Yeah, he was listening to one before. Then I'll wait until next week. Sometimes he doesn't do it that week. Um, You're right. This show will come out before his uh, his birthday, so I'll wait till next week. But yeah, I was in the kitchen doing something, and he said, "Oh wait, what did he say?" He said, um, "He said there's something about Joel and the Japanese toilet in the podcast this week." Uh oh. (laughs) I said, "Yeah." (laughs) All right. Well. I said, you were planned to be the character in the show that we always talked about, but no one ever saw. He, I said, until he said, until I popped into the game room that day with the bananas. I said, yeah. That's hilarious. You know, also is crazy because I'm so tall on Zoom. This is how most people see me. But I realize that most people see me like this. <laughs> Isn't that strange? They see you like that, but your nose is not up in the air. No, it's not up in the air. They just, they just have to, yeah. yeah. So next week on the show, I will tell you, we'll talk about Joel's um, birthday gift, which I think he will have already received by the time we, we tape. Um, but keep a pin in this. The idea of this delivery story and multiple delivery, multiple deliveries, the same address and delivery in general actually was a big light bulb moment because he's very hard to shop for. So stay tuned. Check us out next week. If you haven't subscribed yet, now is a good time to do it. Can't if wait to post, see what it is. And I can't post. wait to see what I'm getting them. <laughs> well, you in the future listening to the next show will have already known. <laughs> I better. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> I'm going to get back to my music. What are you going to do? Nothing. Oh, I love it. Um. I might go in. I might go in the pool. Oh, good. I, oh, oh, I have a painting to finish. Every day I say it's finished, and the next morning it's not. It's like the elves in the shoes, but the opposite. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go work on my painting. <laughs> good. I hope it's a lovely experience and not uh, fraught, because I know how art can usually be joyous, but sometimes it can be a challenge. And it's called. Um, it's called Shooting Pool in the Casita in the Desert. Something about the stars in the sky. It's a really long title. I love it. That's my new thing. I love it. I love it. I love you. Love you. See you. Thanks. Don't forget to call your mother. Doesn't it Media.